With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey everybody, what's up and welcome into the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast here on Monday, December the 13th, week 14, just about in the books and that means we are looking ahead to the fantasy football playoffs on this episode of TAFFP. Michael Beller here with you. I am joined as I am every single Monday by the ever sunshiny, smiley Jake Seeley. Jake, what's going on, my man? How you doing? I'm doing good. It's a celebration day for a couple reasons, and we'll have to get into all that. Oh, we will definitely get into all that. Brandon Funston here with us as well. And Funston, Seahawks, still on the fringes of the playoff race. How you doing, man? How you feeling? Yeah, well, yeah, thanks for, uh, you know, including the Seahawks with about 28 other NFL teams, you know. <laughs> yeah, two of those who aren't uh, are yes. the teams that Jake and I cheer for. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, I got some hanging in the balance stuff going on. Going to need some Monday night uh, magic, hopefully. But yeah, doing pretty good for the most part. Yeah, it's almost like the NFL uh, knew that this is the last week of the fantasy playoffs, giving us a Rams-Cardinals Monday, or fantasy regular season, giving us a Rams-Cardinals Monday night football game. More than the average amount of games, I would imagine, are still remaining in the balance with all the fantasy goodness uh, on those two teams. So should be a fun way to wrap up week 14 and get us into the fantasy football playoffs, which for most of us begin in week 15. But let's stick on week 14, guys, for this next hour or so, and let's start the way we always do. Jake, you take this one first. Who's the big winner of week 14? Well, is it going to be Brandon? Brandon, was your plan to be your guy? Yeah, yeah, that was my plan. Um, yes, okay. he's, I well, mean, then, he's obvious okay, to me. Well, then, so. then I'll go elsewhere. Okay. That was fair. <laughs> I was going to leave him for you. If, I appreciate so. that. Yeah, because I, I, I don't have anything else. The, so that's good. <laughs> 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 okay. Well, so the, the winners, uh, so like, I'm going to say victory lap this part. I am going to victory lap this part. It. It's the Do Dalvin it. Cook people who listened to me that said that we've done this with Elijah Mitchell. We did it with David Montgomery. We did it mm-hmm. with Clyde Edwards-Alaire. We did it with Aaron Jones, who, yes, his game was the down game because they were up early, then they benched him to keep him healthy, which is the, that's the only downside. Let this be a lesson going forward. Again, I'm going to remind people, when the replacement option is playing well, as in top 20 running back, and they bring back the incumbent early – which they did with Dalvin Cook. They're going back to the incumbent. They're not bringing him back early to be a backup. It's not wide receiver. They can't play decoy. You can't say like, oh, Dalvin Cook's on the field and Alexander Madison's not. <laughs> oh, it's a decoy situation. That doesn't work with this. So wide receivers uh-huh. is a different ball game. And again, the Aaron Jones is the downside, but Aaron Jones still, if that game was in contention the entire way, was set to be another example of this. So, yes, I am saying this is a victory lap situation, but it's also a lesson learned. The winners are the people who have listened to this all year long and trusted that the running backs coming back were going to be the guys again. Yeah, and we've seen it, as Jake said, time and time and time again this year. Dalvin Cook was really the exclamation point with his 200-yard touchdown game. And even Melvin Gordon got his 50% share back. Yeah, yeah, that's that's another good one. He and Javante are both top 10 running backs right now. 
Yeah, that's another good one. So we just see it over and over and over again. You sort of have to trust teams when they bring their running backs back that they're going right back to that role immediately. Funston, we know exactly where you're going with this. It is Rashad Penny celebration time. Uh, the winner is Penny Puns. They're back. They're back in vogue. Penny from heaven. Penny for my thoughts. Um <laughs> A penny for my thoughts last Monday was I said this could be the week Rashad Penny <laughs> finally gets some run and has an actual, you know, mm-hmm. uh, impactful fantasy day. And I didn't expect it to be that good. He had a garbage time long touchdown run, but he had a, you know, a non garbage time long touchdown run as well. Yes. Would have had a very nice day even without that last touchdown. So everything just kind of aligned for him to get a lot of carries. Uh, people falling, you know, the injuries in that backfield. And the fact that it was the Houston Texans, um, so I, you look at—he's a former first-round pick. If they can, if they can get any kind of thing out of him in terms of value the rest of the way, I think they're going to try. He's given him more juice than Alex Collins has. That's, mm-hmm. It's not even close. Safe to say. So, I mean, and the matchup's not going to be as good until we get to Detroit again. But uh, <laughs> you know, against the Rams, it's going to be in the top thirty. I mean going to be a mid mid 20s rb probably mm-hmm. I, I would guess 25 to 30 range you can't you celebrate rank- I, I ranked them two spots higher than you did this week so you can't oh, celebrate. Why, why do you ha- oh, why do you boy. hate rashad penny why do I hate? jake is mr <laughs> penny over here because you're way more in tune on sunday morning than i am like, <laughs> no you know what the funny thing is too i thought you were going to even make a joke that elijah penny scored for the giants too yesterday because yeah. <laughs> i made I did, the joke that I, he's so I good that he scored during that it, game yeah. <laughs> uh, let, before we get to losers from week 14 let's just Stick on Rashad Penny for a second. We seemingly, it doesn't happen every year, but we remember it when it happens. No Sean Moreno a couple of years ago, Tim Hightower before that. These running backs who come seemingly out of nowhere to have just the right three-week stretch at the right time of year. Jake, can Penny be that guy this year? No. It's because there's a couple things here. It's not... You know, that kind of situation where, first of all, bell cow. I still don't trust that it's going to be bell cow. And Funston's looking at the second thing. Look at who they're <laughs> faced. Just this. Yeah. You know, yeah, I know. Like but then they, week, get, she, then they get Detroit and Chicago. It's like he could be two out of three weeks be that guy. But Could uh, be. Could be. Could be. And that's the thing. Yeah. It's like, you don't, this is a bad matchup this week. And it's almost mm-hmm. as bad as you can get. And then. The thing is, is if you look at Detroit, is kind of hit. They're kind of on run defense. They're kind of like the Steelers. What we talked about last week is sometimes the Detroit defense shows up. Sometimes, sometimes, <laughs> and sometimes they limit. And all of a sudden, like they're not going to stop Penny and they're not going to stop yeah. the run game. But my concern is that's what it is. If I knew, if you told me today, I would love to believe. We've been here before, though. I would love to believe he's getting seventy percent of the snaps going forward. If you told me seventy percent of the snaps, I would say I don't even care about the matchup this week. Mm-hmm. And then yes, love Chicago and Detroit. But is it 70% or is Alex Collins going to be sprinkled in or are they going to give DJ because you know this Funston this is this is what they do they use more than one option a lot of times even when Chris Carson's the lead Chris Carson the thing that we liked about him so much is because he did so much on a per touch basis but he was still always in that 15 16 17 touch range he was never 20 he was like he sometimes got there but you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, it's going to be fun to watch this go down. I mean, it would be pretty great if Rashad Penny all of a sudden I would love it uh, gave be. us one of those seasons, right? It would be, it would be great. It would be a, it's a great part of the capper of this 2021 season. It might just be what I said on the other show. Penny, I just might be a is. jilted lover, and after breaking up three or four <laughs> times, like I don't want to have my heart broken again. Like I just feel yeah. like he's going to uh, – one more time. Uh, man, I don't know, dude. I, I would feel pretty good about him as uh, as a guy for me going forward if I scooped him off waivers and uh, just had that performance. As Even with that uh, 
matchup against the Rams coming up. If uh, if he's getting those work, if he's getting that work, as you said, you would be playing him. And I don't know. We just haven't seen we haven't seen anything from Alex Collins with ample opportunity. DJ Dallas was oh, totally shunted not. aside in that game. It feels like this is the right time for them to give Rashad Penny some run. So hopefully that ends up happening. Let's get back to our previously scheduled programming. Funston, the Week 14 loser for you. Um, and you can go a lot of different ways. I mean, I got to go back to Kansas City. How do they score? 40-some point. I, I think Travis Kelsey, maybe Tyreek Hill. You got to look at them as losers in a game like that, that they could do nothing. I mean, Michael Salfino came out and, and basically called the end of the dominant era of Travis Kelsey. Called him a poor man's Rob Gronkowski. So, um, I mean, this is his fourth game where he's been under 30 yards without a mm-hmm. touchdown and two of a, two in a row. He's just been, you know, if you look at the you know second half of the year, I I think he has like one receiving touchdown in his last seven or eight games. Um, yeah, it's, it's a decline and uh, it's not just Travis Kelsey. It's, you know, it's, it's the weirdness of this chief's offense, which we've called losers before, but we have to kind of keep shining the spotlight on that. I don't disagree too much with that. Also, just so you know, I traded for Travis Kelsey during the buy. So that was the death knell. On there you go. For everybody. That's, I ruined that for everybody. Could have gave everybody a heads up a little sooner. I, know, I should have. I should have. Like, and by the way, just so you know, my league lost their sh- when they did that trade because uh, Jake just tricks everybody. And blah blah blah. Like, again, this is pr- no, no, no. But this is no this is again vetoes ever. Exactly because you know what. Yeah. I, I would have won these last two weeks if I hadn't made that trade because of what I gave up, including T. Higgins in that trade. So everybody shut the hell up. Um, I will say this is a, this is a catch-all for loser. Like losing what we did in week 14 injury-wise heading into week 15 for the first round of your playoffs, potentially no Lamar Jackson, potentially no Terry McLaurin. Mm-hmm. Potentially, it sounds like Josh Allen's going to be okay, but going to try and play through it. Maybe, who knows? Uh, Kareem Hunt's up in the air. Now. Like It's just there Austin was a Eckler. lot. Yeah, Austin Eckler sounds like he should be okay, but he's now should up be okay, in the air. Thursday night. And now what kind of got glossed over is also don't forget, now they have more time than anybody's had before because it even happened before the game. But both Miami running backs with COVID, we might not – You may, mm-hmm. we've been looking at freaking Phil Lindsay leading that back. Like, like teams are kind of like not yeah. only limping into the playoffs, but like limping through their first-round game potentially. That's really part and parcel of what this week or what this 2021 season has been. And so I guess uh, we shouldn't expect it to change just because the fantasy playoffs are here, but definitely going to be uh, some key guys missing in our week 15 first round playoff matchups and all those guys that Jake just touched on. We'll be uh, referring to their situations throughout the show, but I want to start us off. We already hit on the Seahawks and the Texans and we hit on Rashad Penny. So let's let's jump to Giants Chargers. Yeah, no, no, oh, no. We're going to jump to uh, Cowboys in Washington, actually, Jake. That's where we're going to go next. Uh, Cowboys get a win in that game, 27-20. Made the people who bet on them, like uh, myself, sweat a little bit at the end of it. Ultimately, they did cover. But, like, guys, is, is now the time to talk about Dak? Because this was another ugly game, ugly statistical performance. And, I mean, Funston, you're not sitting Dak, but, like, I mean, you're probably not sitting Dak, but that maybe has more to do with who else you have on your roster rather than trusting that he's going to get it back the way that he was earlier in the season. Yeah, I had him ranked as the number two quarterback this week, so I was way off on that. And, uh, you know, I'm just watching it, it's, it's hard to pinpoint exactly. It's just, um, you know, just, just not a lot of rhythm with his, his game right now and, and not, not a lot of just like I see the guy open and I'm just – firing it seems like it's holding the ball a bit he wasn't throwing to the running backs at all in this game um 
you know, so I don't I don't know exactly what the problem is, but there's something going on because we've seen this. He's you know, as much as we talk about Mahomes and his issues, Dak's been right there with him, you know, and um, yeah. So it was a weird game, but it's time to talk about Dak. I'm not sitting him because I, I don't see anything that's just so completely obvious. And there's enough playmakers there. It could just be a tweak, a, a little change in in their in their offensive play calling could unlock some things. But right now, it's just you know frustrating to watch. And he'll unlock it and get it right this week against the Giants. It really comes down to it. And, and, you know, I kept saying this, and I've said it, I, you know, they've been doing a great job until this game, of course, but the Giants' secondary keeps everything in front of them. And then what happens? Freaking Guyton gets behind them for a big play. Yeah. They also uh, were without oh, – was it Dory Jackson was the one? Yeah, he was the one that was out this week. So that is going to be – but when I go back to – I talked about Dak last week. I guess not with you guys because then you would have asked the question, Bella, because I must have done with Jeff or somebody. Uh-huh. But – uh, was digging into Dak, and it's really it's a culmination of issues. So first of all, the first couple games coming back from the calf was I was looking at he wasn't making a lot of throws, as you just alluded to, Funston, throws downfield, and yeah. whether or not there's the calf being able to push off of it. But the second part is he hasn't had everybody healthy until mm-hmm. like for all intents and purposes, even without Pollard, he finally finally had everybody at a hundred percent at there and healthy. But also mm-hmm. now look at the defenses he's been facing, Raiders. He did very well against. But the Chiefs, we've been talking about how good the Chiefs' defense has been. Washington's defense has turned the corner. And then the week before this was the Saints, was one of the best in the league. So I'm not saying it's not a problem. It's just injury, injury to his teammates, and the schedule. Like It's just a lot of things have been – it's like the worst-case scenarios. All around his offense, too, right? Tyron Smith, the – CD missed a game. Line. Yeah. Um, Amari Cooper missed a game. Michael Gallup was he back? Dak's first game back, or was he still missing? Like, there's been injuries all over the place. Like was, every single he was, spot. He was on brought the around. He was brought around slowly. I compared yeah. it to. Oh, that's what it was. The Washington Huddle because I did the entire Washington Huddle show this week. <laughs> so they asked me to break down the entire. Uh-huh. I compared his situation to Tyler Haneke's at the beginning of the season, where every single uh-huh. week was another a different yeah. runner because Antonio Gibson wasn't 100. percent Actually, Jarrett Patterson led that backfield one week, but <laughs> Heineke had nobody healthy. The offensive line, like yeah. it was just something every single week. And I I agree with you. You can't bench him, and maybe he's a low end QB one, but I think the Giants game will help him get right, mostly because the Giants offense will help the Dallas Cowboys offense stay on the field because their <laughs> offense can't do anything oof and we saw that once again with Mike Lennon at the helm do the Giants help Zeke get right Funston uh you know I think I think there's more than just uh it's just that I think there's an offensive line issue uh you remember Tony Pollard he had the one long run against the Saints but he was in all the other touches every bit as uh ineffective as Zeke was and so was True. Corey Clement uh you know on Sunday as well like they're just not getting a lot of run you know a lot of daylight in that running game right now and and obviously Zeke is is banged up and he's not 100% we know it but I actually thought Zeke early on in the game on Sunday looked pretty good but I, I think he was getting the yards that were available to to him mm-hmm. and you know I, I think this is all indicative of the overall issues with Dak and the passing game a good passing game opens up the running game and vice versa and I think just in general there's a malaise and some issues on the offense that yeah maybe the Giants game um, does help everybody if it helps the passing game I would expect it to help the running game I would say not so much. I think the days, is, as you said, RB1 days are over, um, mostly because yesterday was the opportunity, and they did mm-hmm. get up early, but when they got up early, they took him off the field to kind of limit his opportunity, limit yeah. his snaps. So that's my concern of more than anything else is that the splits here well, to stay, well, whether or not even Tony Pollard's out there. Right. right. Yeah, I mean, they, 
they are it would behoove them to have a Zeke be as oh for as, sure rested as he can be for the playoffs right yeah there, yeah. yeah but there's no fun. question yeah there's no question about yep. that that's absolutely the right call by Mike McCarthy when you get up 18 nothing in the first quarter but <laughs> we care about guys actually being out there and getting the ball and making plays in the regular season in the fantasy world and so that's really why Zeke stays as an RB1 in the fantasy world are probably behind him we wouldn't typically talk about a game like Saints Jets this early in the show that usually gets buried for like the second to last game but after this game I mean we're going to the playoffs, guys. Taysom Hill, is he the fantasy playoff hero that we're waiting for, Jake? Uh, I think he might be, depending on your quarterback. <laughs> that has a day there to say. You know, I, I think that floor-wise, you still have to understand what's there because if he doesn't uh-huh. run for two touchdowns yesterday, it's kind of an eh day. It's a Cam Newton situation. And, yes, it's fun, and, yes, it's exciting, and I love watching him for the entertainment factor, and he has scored two touchdowns in every single game he's played, whether passing or rushing. <laughs> but he just it's kind of like regression. Like at some point that's gotta break unless he improves as a passer. And that's my concern. Is you know, so what I would say is depending on who your quarterback is, but if I'm going for floor, like mm-hmm. you have to like first round of your playoffs, you might be the team that skated in and you'd be like, yep. I just want the upside. That's Taysom Hill. But if you're a solid team and you have options like Russell Wilson, I'd still roll Russ out. Now Taysom Hill might rank higher, but for the floor-wise, they still have to understand that the floor for for Taysom Hill is still like six points. At Tampa you know, in Week 15, how do you feel about that, Funston? I, just rushing yards, man. I mean, it's just, I was just going to say, I honestly think he could be the most dangerous quarterback runner in the league because Lamar and Kyler would be right there, but Hurts. they're more and hurts they're more looking to make the throw longer like I, one thing i recognize with Taysom hill is he didn't waste any time you know mm-hmm. if he's got an open lane forget about throwing the ball i'm running like he is the <laughs> i think the most willing running quarterback there is and he's i mean he's fast and he's physical and it, to me it's like a, a completely maybe the most dangerous uh-huh. package as a running quarterback and for that reason i don't care who the opponent is you know, and if it's somebody that can get after the quarterback quick, then yeah, I think Taysom Hill is going to make those quick decisions to run, and I don't worry about it. Yeah, on the other side of this game, there really isn't a whole lot to like about the Jets, especially with Elijah Moore on IR, <laughs> but maybe we're getting Michael Carter back off IR. This is such a bad offense and such a bad environment. Can you have immediate trust for Michael Carter if he does return from IR in Week 15? I want to hear from both of you on this, uh, Funston, when you go first. Well, I would just say they're playing Zach Wilson because of the future, not because he gives them the best chance to win now. We've already seen that Mike White and, and Joe Flacco do a better chance of that. So, like, I think you would have to consider that since Michael Carter was the starter and he is their running back of the future, that you have to feel like they are going to let him back into that lead role. I mean, yeah. do I do fully embrace that idea? I have a little bit of hesitancy. Yeah. That they're, but I'm, I, I, I think I'm that's talking the more way as like. Do you, like, like he's for sure going to be the guy if he's back healthy. The question is, and Jake, now it's your turn. Um, like, do you feel okay about him knowing how bad the rest of the offensive environment around him is? No, because what is the guy? That's where it comes down to the guy for the Jets backfield. That's Evan Coleman's also back is fifty percent, and we all love Michael Carter. Carter was getting more of that before his injury. 
Yeah, Tevin. But that's Coleman because Tevin wasn't. Coleman was hurt. Yeah, yeah right? exactly. Tevin Coleman was hurt, so Tevin Coleman wasn't involved as well. And I'm just this is the Jets' backfield, which is just a full blown committee when possible. And you know, Michael Carter will lead, but it's not going to be mm-hmm. a seventy percent lead. I would put money on that. This is not the same situation as the victory lap stuff that I was talking about before. This is Michael Carter comes back, and he's also a rookie who was not given all the opportunities earlier this season. So, say all that to say. It's the Jets' offense. Yes, Carter will be out there, but Carter, if Ke- if Carter and Coleman are both out there for Week 15, Carter would be an RB three for me. Does the ceiling higher? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But Zach Wilson, also for whatever hell reason, like people crap on Taysom Hill, people crap on Cam Newton, people crap. On- Zach Wilson cannot throw to running backs. I don't like. <laughs> he does not know how. Like, at least those other guys, they don't do it a lot, but they know how to get the ball to the running back's hands. Did you not see that one play for Taysom, or Tyson, Ty Johnson that could have been, like, what, a 30-yard screen? Like, he does not know how to throw to a running back. It's absurd. <laughs> it seems like he doesn't really know how to throw to much of anyone, frankly. Well, that's true, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> that's just, oof. Jets probably regretting that one already with all the other quarterbacks that were available to them and uh, Zach Wilson being their guy. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, guys, let's get back into the games in just a second. Got a question here from Chris, who's watching us on YouTube. Thanks for joining us, Chris. This is something we seem to deal with every single year. Is it morally wrong to intentionally lose tonight to affect your playoff seed and keep a high-scoring team out of the playoffs? For me, I say unequivocally yes, without question. This is just fantasy football. We're just here to mostly have fun. You just got to play things straight, play things honest. I think it is absolutely the wrong thing to do. So I, I... I, I'm a, I'm I always see right the, right down the middle of things. I can see both <laughs> sides of this. I don't. I I always say that if it's if it's allowable, if you don't have rules that govern it and it's it's open to do, then you do you. You know, you do you. You're looking out for number one. So um, <laughs> I, I I have a hard time. I understand where you're coming from too. I, I think you, I, I think it's something that needs to be discussed with your league before you. Mm get into these decisions that you have to do here with something like this no so what i'm going to say is absolutely do it if it doesn't affect other teams trying to make the playoffs that's the problem so so, i don't have a problem in and of itself because i've seen people do this and it blows up in their face anyway like people try to (laughs) and that's why i say go ahead and do it if you want that's why i kind of agree like if you think morally like oh everybody i want everybody to do their best i'm kind of with you Bella. but i Mm. see that i've seen so many people say like oh i'm aiming to face this person in the first round instead of this other team so i'm going to avoid the matchup and lose or whatever it might be and then they get slaughtered in the first round anyway because fantasy is fantasy you know i had Mm. the highest projected score in my home league i don't know why i picked up my phone to show you because i'm not showing you (laughs) three straight weeks i'm gonna go three straight weeks of losing now and because i've missed because lamar jackson you just never know but that being said is why i'm okay with it only if like if your loss potentially puts somebody else in the playoffs like there's a Mm -hmm. league median like we play double headers if something like that then i say like you unequivocally no because you can't affect the entire league if you're only affecting your team go right ahead but if it's affecting the league then no yeah, I could, I, I could be talked into that, that if all if like the six playoff teams are already locked in and you're just affecting seeding, 
go for it. I could get on board with that. But if it's if it's going to keep someone out and get someone else in, then that's where I would draw the line. And I say, this is just fantasy. We're here to have fun. It's not really a place to try to game the system like this to keep someone else out by throwing a game. That's really what we're talking about here, by throwing a game. And so I don't think that that's something that you really want to get into in fantasy football. Another thing you don't want to get into is not having Lamar Jackson available if you're a Lamar Jackson manager, but that could be the case after his ankle injury in the Ravens' loss to the Browns. No, we're (laughs) we're talking about these guys here, Jake. Uh, Lamar, ankle injury. Maybe can't play week 15. Maybe can't play week 16. Who knows? I mean, he he looked ginger. He left that game early. He did not come back. He was never uh, potentially coming back in that loss to the Browns. So if you are a Lamar manager, Jake, who are you looking at to stream? If you're a one-quarterback-having Lamar manager, who are you looking at on the wire right now? So do you want do you want to know who's in the waiver in my leagues? Because this is what I'm looking at. This is exactly yeah, sure. my option. My options because most leagues, my even my home league, it's only a one quarterback league. But even at like these are a lot of experienced people in my home league. A lot of them have two quarterbacks. I didn't because if I lost Lamar Jackson, it's a huge drop off. It wasn't going to be uh-huh. a difference. So there's no point. But this is why because I'm looking at Mayfield. Tannehill, Garoppolo, Roethlisberger, Ryan, Fields, like those are the options. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. I think most people are dealing with that. Taysom Hill was picked up already, and if he wasn't, he was picked up sure. last week after that game. Mm-hmm. These are the names you're probably looking at, and unfortunately, you're probably going to have to pick up two because you're probably not going to be able to play one for the last three weeks, and I only know this because I've been looking at it. <laughs> and this, this is the struggle that you have to go with. Like, maybe I can roll Tannehill for their schedule and say hopefully, but – it's kind of gross, honestly, and unfortunately, this is what you're going to go through there. So hopefully your team's strong enough and you can play the floor game with maybe a Tannehill, mm-hmm. but it's going to also depend on your roster because you might shoot for the upside of hoping that Justin Fields starts running like crazy. Like he did last night. Funston, who are you looking at? Tua was the one guy that we talked about the Miami defense being. Oh, he's long the, gone in my league. Yeah, but he's the same. He's kind of the same roster. Like the same roster the- rate, yeah. Because he's he's on a buy, so I think a lot of people probably cut him loose over the buy. But um, like he's right there with Big Ben and, and Jimmy G. And I mm-hmm. think those are actually. I mean, you look at the matchups: Ben Roethlisberger, Tennessee, Tua, the Jets, Jimmy G, Atlanta. Those are all those are all playable. But I like Tua going forward because uh, you know you get the Saints and you get Tennessee, and those have both been friendly pass defenses. So you could conceivably pick up Tua and, and ride him for three games, and, and you know he's probably going to be a guy that I'll rank in the upper half of quarterbacks most weeks going forward, like 16 or so, you know. Jake, you say maybe that you need to pick up two guys. If there's one guy who you could pick up and trust for three weeks, if indeed it is a three-week injury for Lamar, I think Jimmy G maybe is that guy. Atlanta at Tennessee and Houston are the next three games for the 49ers. George Kittle looks unstoppable. Brandon Ayuk looked good. They've got Debo Samuel back. We think they get Eli Mitchell back this week. Like Maybe Jimmy G is the one-person uh, solution, the silver bullet for Lamar managers. I gloss past his name on purpose. <laughs> Why'd you do that? Because I mentioned his name for everybody out there because I don't want to be selfish, and I did mention him in the list, but I didn't stop and focus on him because people in my home league watch this show, so thank you very much. Just tell him not to listen. Too late now, Jake. Cat's out of the bag. Yeah, tell him, tell him not to listen to uh, to this show. Yeah, just, just, get, just get rid of him. Um, all right, let's, uh, let's get on to – you know what? Let's just move on to the next game. Buccaneers and Bills, 33-27, uh, ended up being a great game, right? Started out like the, the Bucks were going to run away with it. Awesome second-half performance from the Bills. Awesome second-half performance from Josh Allen. And then the Bucks just get it in overtime. Uh, Brashad Perriman. I mean, what a perfect way to end that game. Where is 
your Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs confidence meter headed into the playoffs, Funston? Pretty high. I mean, 13 targets in, you know, Stephon Diggs wasn't worrying about him being pass interfered with. You know, there was a ball that was a deep ball that landed right next to him, but he was looking at the defender kind of grabbing him in that game. It would have been, if he would have been paying attention, you know, potentially another 60 plus yards on that play. But, um, you know, look at, I'm just looking at the volume. It's 13 Mm -hmm. targets in that game, seven catches. That's fine. That's kind of sort of his floor, you know? So, I mean, I feel just fine with him. I guess my confidence meter is somewhere around nine. Yeah, Jake, you feeling the same way? So, yeah, as long as Josh Allen, the reports are what they are, is that it's yeah. a minor turf toe, because turf toe can be a major issue, uh, <laughs> and that's really what it comes down to. It. And you're going to take away turf toe also being possibly scrambling ability for Josh Allen, who is that backfield. Yeah. But the thing is, I'm with you. <laughs> the Stefan Diggs, is, it's the perception, because people were considering Stefan Diggs at the turn in the first round, and right. he's only wide receiver 10 or 11 on the season. But the thing is, he has he has never scored fewer than seven points. And he only has three single-digit games. He just doesn't have, like, a 30-point Tyreek mm-hmm. Hill-type game. Not as quite Devontae, as much as everybody expects. Yeah. Not doing what Devontae's so, doing. So it's not a bad year for him at all. It's just a little bit – it's the perception that's behind mm-hmm. him. So I am full confidence in Diggs, but it, it only comes down to how healthy is Josh Allen. And there's even talks – I don't know if you saw the quote, but there was kind of – they kind of hinted around that we might give Josh Allen a week off to make sure he's ready, and you might see Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> can Beller, they afford to do that if he's uh, i mean can yeah it's not good can they afford to do that though they're seven and six i mean everyone in the afc is seven and six can they afford it is, to but yeah but do, who do they have in week 15 uh the bills they have carolina at home and then i, I mean they're at, still favorite with no, no, Trubisky. No. But like, see, I think they might be though. looking ahead to new england and then the last two games falcons and jets that seems like a cakewalk yeah Oh, uh, man. That feels like I'm just, I'm just, tempting, hey, tempting I'm not the fate reporter. in a big way. Why are you coming after me? I'm, not, I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not just coming re- I'm just questioning sending the news like, back today. to you. <laughs> right, I'm going to, I'm going to get, we're going to get Joe Buscalia on the show tomorrow. Joe Buscalia, <laughs> Buffalo Bills beat writer here at The Athletic. That, make sure you check out our Tuesday show every week because we're the only show that is able to bring you that on the ground beat writer knowledge week after week after week after week. And hopefully we can get Joe Buscalia on tomorrow's show. Uh, Bucks, man, they're just, what a, what a fantasy team. I just want to say that. Like, we don't really need to talk about it, but just like, Brady does his thing. Evans does his thing. Godwin does his thing. Fournette does his thing. Week after week after week after week. It's like the most bankable fantasy team. Maybe not the best team in the NFL. Maybe the best team in the NFL, but just the most bankable fantasy team there is. And part of the reason that is is because Antonio Brown has bowed out of the equation. And thankfully, it's made everything very nice. Week 17 might be back. Oh, God, could you imagine that circus if that ends up happening? I don't think it's going to end up happening. I think we're looking at the uh, the Bucks as fully formed right now. Chargers and Giants, you guys, let's talk about this game. Uh, I don't know if there's a ton to say from it coming out of Week 14 and going into Week 15. We do have to talk about the backfield for the Chargers, though. Uh, we talked, we just obliquely mentioned it off the top of the show. Austin Eckler suffered an ankle injury in this game. Seemed like maybe he could have come back, but this was early second half. Chargers already had that game well in hand at that point. Thursday night football against the Chiefs for them in week 15. There was very clearly no reason to put Austin Eckler back out there. I guess we one thing we know is that Brandon Staley doesn't have uh, Austin Eckler on a fantasy team anywhere. I guess we could say that because that would have been the only reason to get Austin Eckler back out on the field. Are you making a claim for Joshua Kelly or Justin Jackson or both guys, Jake? And if so, who? And if you're just not making a claim for him, you can say, screw it, I'm not making a claim for him. 
Oh, screw it. And also screw the fact that, like, look, this is what arrived yesterday morning. Mini helmet signed by Austin Eckler. Oh, no way. That's you're, cool. You're welcome for getting them cursed, everybody. There's like, <laughs> I, I just stop over here. I just chill the hell out. Uh, like, Take that look. Kyler jersey off the off the wall. I need him to Thank be Thank you for noticing the, the Kyler Murray jersey as well. Oh, yeah, it looks I got great. That yeah. right there. So, <laughs> that, did you notice the one down here? Well, this is why I said I wanted to go to the... Saquon? You go. Yes. That's a new... So he's going to die this week, just in case anybody wants to know. Like, after he finally scored a touchdown, he's dead. Hey, look, so, look. no, Austin This would be a... I wouldn't even be surprised if Roundtree is back in the mix, too, if yeah. there is no Austin Eckler, and that's why. It's a full-blown committee. They've shown it before. They've also shown, even within... Go back to last year. We've seen within games where Kelly was coming mm-hmm. off a good game and started off... And then all of a sudden, they're back to Justin Jackson or Justin... Jack. Like, there's just... Sure, maybe if you want to block, that's a legitimate. That's not you're screwing the league over. Is you're blocking no, your opponents a, yeah. just if they need running back help, and then you just leave them on your bench. But that's I would only pick them up to block and then not start them. That's all I would mm-hmm. do. I said literally the exact same thing last night. Uh, DVR and I do the uh, early waiver show, and I said that's really their fantasy utility is as a block, not as someone who you're going to pick up and start. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, it's it's yeah. I was gonna say you used the wrong conjunction with or. There it needs to be Josh Kelly and Justin Jackson. So. Yeah, yeah. It's, they're a, it's, it's a it's team a team running back. <laughs> yeah, TRB. There we go. We can get that in vogue for the 2022 season. Uh, on the other side of this game, Saquon. You know, it, it wasn't necessarily pretty, but he got that meaningless touchdown. He had what 90 something yards from scrimmage and the score. Is there anyone on this team that you're at all interested in for the fantasy playoffs other than Saquon? The other penny, Elijah Penny, because he scored. <laughs> <laughs> like, Sterling Shepard didn't get a catch until the third quarter, and yeah. it really comes down to whether or not, oh, first game back, well, I don't care. It's Mike Lennon, the quarterback. That's yeah. all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, maybe if Daniel Jones, but he's seen a specialist this week because they don't know what's going on with his neck. And so, yeah, there's nobody on this entire team mm-hmm. outside of Saquon Barkley. I mean, even though we finally got him back to being an RB1 this week, mm-hmm. it's still he's against Dallas, he's still an RB2 because – not even it doesn't even matter the matchup. Yesterday was the best matchup you could possibly have. The Chargers run yeah. defense. The problem is, is their offense is so stagnant mm-hmm. that it's killing everything, including yeah. Barkley. Like, thankfully, he got that touchdown. But but before that, it was what 60, 70 yards on the day, which would have been fine. Yeah. But it's not an RB one. No, yeah, not even close. And yeah, I mean, they could be playing in plenty more games like that where they're just really totally non-competitive. Do you think? And I think that's, I mean, honestly, do you think Dallas doesn't win by at least double digits this week? And of course the, not. They're gonna. What was the time possession going to be like? It's going to be forty twenty this week, and then I said, like, even kidding, it's like even if it's thirty five twenty five. Like the offense can't sustain drives, and that's uh-huh. really what it comes down to is snap opportunities. Granted, he's getting the, almost all the touches, but uh-huh. even at eighteen touches against the Cowboys, yeah, yeah. You know, and even if like, I mean, we don't know this for sure, purely speculation, but like, like you say, neck issue specialist. Like, don't you just pack it in for Daniel Jones for the season? If you're the Giants, I mean, well, I mean, the Giants would just be packing in everything and sending them all out the window. Like, do you keep Barkley and a few other players and just pack the rest of them and ship them off? Oh uh, man, maybe Joe Judge and Matt Nagy could catch on as assistants together somewhere next season. That uh, that would be very fitting for those I two guys. Have feeling, I have a feeling Judge is going to get a pass. <laughs> oh. oh man, do you I think know, so? But this, no, I don't, depending on the GM, because the GM wants his own uh-huh. coach. But knowing the Giants organization, they might try to find a GM who's okay with Judge. Who's because... willing to take Judge. <sighs> My name is just... Judge. Yeah. Right? Maybe they try to do the Freddie Kitchens <laughs> thing, where they keep him and kick him down a notch. Like <laughs> oh, man. All right, you're going back to tight ends, coach, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Line. 
Yeah, there you go. Perfect. That's that's the way. That's the Joe Judge way. Absolutely. How about 49ers and Bengals, you guys? Another game that started out kind of slow ended up being really entertaining and a fun game that went into overtime with the 49ers getting the win. Super fun highlight play from Brandon Ayuk to win it for the 49ers. I actually want to start on the other side, though, because Joe Burrow, again, very bad first half, very unproductive, yes. but ultimately he got there. 348 and two. Can we get some more of this down the stretch from Joe Burrow in this passing game? Um, I don't, I don't see why not. I mean, you got, you know, Jamar Chase back. You know, he had his rebound game. Reminder to everybody that the guy's still awesome. Almost had a third touchdown, got yep. uh, got called, got reversed. But T. Higgins, you know, is now an obvious threat. So I, I just, you know, there's how do you – how do you defend this def- or how do you defend this offense coming in? There's there's somebody to hurt you at every spot. So um, you you should be able to get it as long as everybody stays healthy. As long as Joe Burrow's healthy, you know I think that's in play. So um, so yeah, why not? I mean, I'll <laughs> I'll be considering to rank him as a back end QB one going forward. Yeah. Can like we that. mark this, this great argument? Why not? <laughs> why not? Yeah, why not? Come on, Bengals. Why it's not? A, it's, it's, yeah, well, it's a tougher argument to say why couldn't he continue to do this? Yeah. What is it? Uh, yeah, I have has. I, I mean, in, it's, it's in the Denver Bengals going week. back to yeah. Well, it's the Bengals sort of going back to the ways that we've seen from them for a good chunk of the season, also. Yeah, wigwam of a TP two tenths. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, if you ever heard that one before? That's just about. I just I, I just want to celebrate. I made it. Interesting, Siliano retweeted me. That's all, that's all I care oh. about. It's like, because ah. when, when both those games went into overtime, I was like, live shot like Siliano when these games go into overtime as a kid doing yeah. a pee-pee dance. And he, goes, that's a, <laughs> and he said, yeah, this is a live look. <laughs> so I'm like, I, that's all yeah. I cared about from that game. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. That's excellent. That's a great way to, uh, to get uh, a little bit of eyeballs on you. How about uh, week 14, 2021? Do we mark this of, of the passing of the torch from Travis Kelsey to George Kittle as tight end one? Yes. Going forward, uh, yeah, and like, uh, right, no. well, we, we've been here before, though. I mean, it was a couple yes. seasons ago we were arguing Kittle versus Kelsey. It was, it was I mean, back we were arguing forth. it, but I think that the consensus opinion or the majority opinion still came out as Kelsey. Yeah, that's that's. But what Brandon is talking about too is like that. We were argue, It was a debate. I don't. I think the consensus, yeah, but that was the argument that I always kept making. That why are you taking Kelsey in the first round? Because if he's point one per game in front of Kittle. You mm-hmm. lose that value when you can get Kittle in the second, third round at that point, and then I'd be taking him either. But uh, this season, I actually had Kittle number two going into the year, which I don't think he actually he could finish there come the end of the season yeah. at this pace. Mm-hmm. But in yeah. front of Waller, but this is why is because when Kittle is healthy and on and this offense is clicking, he is up there in the Kelsey. He's the only yeah. tight end in the Kelsey conversation. The way things are going right now, I mean – yeah, I mean, if put it this way, Fonson, you said you know you're kind of with me, but you know if Kansas City gets right, we would still take Kelsey, wouldn't we? Um, I guess I will say, <laughs> eye test wise, Kelsey has 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 come down a little bit. Eye test wise, like I, I like do the think Zeke that, test, like the Zeke step. Yeah, exactly, like the Zeke step. Mm-hmm. But and and you watch Kittle right now, and you were like, why have they not been going to him this heavily? All season long, ten times a game. Yes, I I don't get it. I mean, he makes that catch he made towards the end of the game where he just fully extended. Like it's like that was such so huge. But that's who? How many Titans can make that play? Not not too many. Right now, maybe one, maybe two when Waller's healthy. I mean, I just think that in twenty twenty two. I think 100% of rankers, unless another injury happens, are going to have George Kittle as a tight end one. I can see that. Do you know he's closed the gap so fast these past two weeks? He is only 19 points behind Kelsey now. Really? So he's going to end the year as tight end one. 
He's going to do it. That's how quickly he did it. He's actually 14.2 points per game. Kelsey's 12.3. But again, I mean, that's heavily weighted by the past two weeks. But, I mean, it's tight end. That's how quickly he chased him down. By the way, tight end four in the year. Dawson Knox. Wow. Would not have guessed that. That's more an indictment of tight ends. (laughs) Yes. Yes. 489 (laughs) yards and eight touchdowns. Oh, gross. The old Jimmy Graham special from Dawson Knox. No, it was the one for the Richard Rodgers. He was tight end seven or eight that year and has eight touchdowns. Well, let me ask you if so next year, the, the rookie season's out of the way. Atlanta is, you know, does things in the offseason. Yeah, sure, sure. So much Kyle Pitts next year. He, you know, he's actually tight end six. He's tight. Let me, I'll check. He's tight end six or seven this year because he's got the yards. The but yards no touch- are solid. Yeah. He but is you're tight probably end six. looking at like no worse than ranking him at like tight end four if they do, if they do the right things four? in the offseason. Yeah. If, if Ridley comes back or they go out and they get a big minimum. wide receiver. Yeah. Four's the worst thing you can have him. Kelsey Kittle is, Waller are the only people He is you can third in yards. Him. He is third in yards right now with one touchdown at the tight end position. Well, let's, what touchdown. if Kelsey continues this trend of like 20-yard games and goes well, to the playoffs That's what I'm saying. He's the worst fizzles. he could be like, is four. Could, could Kelsey fall to four? I mean, is that conceivable? I think that's conceivable. Who's wait, If it's this gonna, through, no, because right? I, and well, if, they, wait, the, if the Chiefs get to the AFC who, championship the game, and he's Kittle, Kittle, Pitts, and who? Waller, 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 no, Andrews. I think Waller's got, Waller's Andrews, out of the conversation. Yeah. Andrews, Andrews, maybe been good. Andrews, maybe Andrews. Andrews yeah. is actually the tight end one right now. Yeah, and he's and he's not that old. You know, yeah. he's still relatively young. Like, I think you'll I have know. the debate of whether or not a full season of Rashad Bateman in his second year takes away from Andrews takes. with yeah Marquise Brown and all now a full wait, offense wait, and J.K. Dobbins got, is going to oh, be back. Oh, is, is wait, that wait, a segue? Bellary grabbing no, no, no. that? No, no, well, I'm, I'm just, I'm, we're, we're starting to get, we're, we're cut, guys. <laughs> we're we've, all been, we've, all been, we've all been doing this for years and years and years. We are going to have precious little things to talk about in January and February. We need to save as many of these as we can possibly have once the season ends. So let's That's just we take two weeks off in February. <laughs> this is good. This is good. We've laid a little bit of groundwork and let's just leave uh, this conversation here to be picked up a couple of months from now. That's how we're going to do it. That's exactly what we're going to do here. All right, guys, let's rewind back to Thursday night. Vikings and Steelers played that Thursday night game. We all remember. So, well, another one of these games that started out looking like things were just totally cut and dried. And then the Steelers come back in a big way in the second half. And this is the third. This is three out of the last four weeks where Ben Roethlisberger has had ultimately nice stats at the end of the game. But it's been a bit of a grind to get there. Jake, you've been sort of pro-Ben over the last month or so. So the stats are good. Is Roethlisberger (laughs) good enough to trust as a fantasy quarterback? Well, no, I was going to say, because you can't, pro Ben, eh, a little weak there. It's just apologetic for Ben, maybe yeah, a little bit. I would say, yeah, that, that's probably more accurate. Yeah, I can get and on board then, with And then that. trust? No, it's, yeah, because you mentioned it. What was every? What was the entire Twitterverse doing during halftime of that game? Ben Roethlisberger should retire. He should retire. He shouldn't even come out in the second half of the game, blah, 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 blah. And it's not so much, again, the apologetic for Ben is just more so for the fantasy purposes, but also that he is throwing and he's making Claypool and Deontay relevant, and Najee Harris is a great compliment and it's helping him a little bit in this offense. So, yeah, in a super flex, you care about Ben Roethlisberger. If those quarterbacks we were listening before and you lost Lamar Jackson and Tannehill's even taken and Fields and Garoppolo and your choices are like Baker- any given week and like that type of range, then you know what? I would just go with Ben Roethlisberger because even though it's ugly a lot of times, he gets there. He gets there because this team needs him, honestly, mm-hmm. to get there as ugly as it may look. Yeah, it's it's 39 attempts per game. He's among the yeah. leaders right. in, in volume. 
he's got playmakers. You know, they got Najee Harris as a threat in the backfield. So, you know, there's not – you can't overplay those playmakers. And so, yeah, I mean, it's, he can't do anything – off script he kind of has mm-hmm. to be statuesque throwing the ball if he has to move statuesque. or yeah he has to kind of just be there because lovely I mean, you watch there. him and he'll he'll throw off if he, if anything rattles him at all <laughs> while he's getting ready to pass so uh, things kind of have to be pristine for him but you yeah, know well speaking you know what's crazy is that in this only week 14 because he's about middle of the pack for the season but week 14 the only person with fewer off-target throws than him was jimmy garoppolo he was the second most on-target quarterback for week 14 as crazy as that might sound yeah, yeah. I would but not, then i can I would... remember like two or three of those off target throws because they were badly off target you know? <laughs> <laughs> significantly yeah significantly off target throws kj osborne uh had three for 83 and a touchdown in that game he also had nine targets so where does he sit for you jake in week 15 uh, assuming adam Thielen's out again same Boom, bust, wide receiver three. Same conversation because you mentioned it. it, Kirk Cousins and Osborne aren't, you know, they don't have that rapport that Thielen has. And if Mm -hmm. it wasn't for that big play and a touchdown, not that I'm taking it away, but that's why he's boom or bust because it was kind of hiccupy. Mm -hmm. If, can we use that? Is that a term? Hiccupy? Yeah, I'm going to use that. Definitely. A new, a new <laughs> I like it. It's hiccupy. It's bumpy uh, throughout the way. But yeah, boom or bust, wide receiver three. You know, if he came out this week with no Thielen and only had four for 60 and which is a mm-hmm. fine game but still wide receiver three level it wouldn't shock me no. yeah i think i agree i mean i agree i'm going to be ranking him as a wide receiver three i don't i'd say boom or boom or meh is probably i don't know mm-hmm. if he'll be complete bust i think he's got three to four catches in most games on, on the downside so yeah. but yeah I, I think he's he fits comfortably in the wide receiver conversation three conversation one of the big blowouts of Week 14, Chiefs just destroy the Raiders 48-9. to we, we talked, We've we talked a little bit about Travis Kelsey. We talked about the craziness of this team scoring 48 points and Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill combining for seven catches and 103 yards, no touchdowns between the two of them. We know what Hunter Renfro did on the other side of this game. He continues to ball for the Raiders and for especially his fantasy managers. Is there anything else that we can draw from this game that we haven't drawn already, Funston? That's a weird game. I mean – you really can't get excited about any of the offensive entities in a 48 point game. Like even Clyde, yeah, but he was 10 for 37 and he got two, you know, two decent touchdown runs. One of them was kind of easy. Um, but you know, Daryl Williams was the guy doing the stuff, you know, in the passing game. So Mm -hmm. like, who are we, who are we so giddy about after this one on the, for a 48 point chiefs effort? (laughs) Have you ever remembered like being so kind of like, just not excited about the offensive entities. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. And, you know, the defense was a huge part of this as well. But, um, yeah, I, I, you know, this doesn't – for 48 points, you would think, oh, uh-huh. okay, we're, we're out of our concern with the Chiefs, but we're absolutely not. We're kind of there along no, with the Cowboys. What, here's what it is. You're happy because they're going to be refreshed and have, like, the healthier team on Thursday night football because they didn't play much in the fourth quarter. So. <laughs> And, and hey, credit to Chase Daniel. I tweeted that out yesterday. $38 million for his career with five five games started his entire life. Kudos to Unbelievable. him. Unbelievable. Won a couple yeah. of those starts for the Bears. There you go. Over the last couple of seasons. <laughs> yeah, not bad. He's got a ring too, right? Saints, got a ring with them? Isn't that true? Hanging around? I don't know. Good Who'd... Lord. Was he on the Saints when they, they won the Super Bowl? Was it that long ago? I mean, that was I mean, a long that, time that, ago. That would have been like his rookie year, about 09. Oh, You're the 10? historian. Yeah, I would have been so. about it. He's like he's like my age. I would have been about his rookie year. 
I think he's got. I think he's got a ring from them. He's got. I'm almost positive he's got a ring. I'll look it up as we talk about the next thing, which is All Broncos season. and Lions. Broncos. Uh, no, 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 no. We can get that in right now. That's what are we going to talk about if we save that for an offseason show? Chase Daniels got a ring. Congratulations. We move on. The best backup Bron- quarterbacks of all time. <laughs> oh God, that that actually would be a kind of a fun offseason show. Best fantasy <laughs> offseason quarterbacks of all time. There you or go. Backup quarterbacks. Yeah, that's good. Good thinking, Jake. How about the Broncos running backs, you guys? Two touchdowns for Melvin Gordon, two touchdowns for Javante Williams. Javante does it on the ground and through the air. Melvin runs for 111 and his two touchdowns on the ground. Melvin Gordon has a sprained thumb after this game. Doesn't sound like it's anything that's going to hamper him in week 15. But, I mean, like, this is just going to keep rolling. We've been, Jake, you've been talking about this for, I mean, I want to say months now at this point, how good this team's playoff schedule is. Yeah, the schedule and on top of, and it's not just me, uh, Funston and I, and you too. I mean, the entire season we kept saying that buy low on Melvin Gordon because everybody wants to get rid of him, but also mm-hmm. buy low if you can on Javante Williams or like, but just you want both of them. It's fine. You know, this isn't the ideal situation. This doesn't happen often where you can be like, hey, I have two RB2s, high-end RB2s who both could potentially finish as RB1. By the way, let's go back. I think the last time we felt this good was Devonta Freeman, Tevin Coleman, the Atlanta season, where they both did finish as RB1s. It actually had a week where yeah. they finished one and two, which they almost did this week, the Broncos guys. Yeah. So it, it happens when it happens, and that's just what they are. And this is why the Broncos' passing game is not only needed, but is so piss poor. It's just, mm-hmm. good God, just start the running backs and move on from this team. But, yes, feel good about them as Cincinnati at home. I mean, that's the thing is, even when they're behind, they're still going to lean on these two running backs because they don't go to the passing game. Um, I'm, anything I'm wrong about Chase Daniel. Yeah, he was he his rookie year was the year after the Saints won the Super Bowl. So that's he had it. I mean that's all wrong. That's how long he's been around. And he, <laughs> he just he missed the Eagles Super Bowl by a year. He missed the Chiefs Super Bowl by a couple of years. He missed the Bears Super Bowl by 33 years for when he was on the Bears also. So uh, not quite as close, <laughs> not quite as close to that one as he was. So uh, is he a free agent? Because you could try to figure out what team he's going to be on next year to figure out who's going to win the Super Bowl this year. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Find out where Chase is going to be next, and that's who's in the Super Bowl this year. <laughs> it's either where he's going next or um, the, the, uh, the Chiefs. Yeah. Yeah. That's who, uh, that's where, that's where the Super Bowl is going to be for Chase Daniel. Or for, for there you go. Yeah. There we go. The Chase Daniel Super Bowl flowchart. Something that we could also work <laughs> on in this uh, this coming off season. All right, guys. Just a couple more games before we wrap up this show. Let's go back to Sunday Night Football. Packers and Bears. Packers get a forty-five to thirty win. Matt Nagy covers himself in all the glory possible for a fourth and inches punt when you're down by eleven points in the fourth quarter. Just <laughs> a stellar decision making from Mister Nagy. We talked about this a little bit with Aaron Jones earlier. No reason, right? No reason to worry about Aaron Jones off the volume. And we know A.J. Dillon's got a role. That's just the bottom line. You've been dealing with it all season, but you're not going to draw too much out of Aaron Jones only having five carries in this game, are you, Jake? No. This is it's a split backfield. Aaron Jones is the lead. Aaron Jones sees more passing game work. And, you know, this was a game where, I mean – like Dylan's going to get that kind of workload, but maybe it's just 50-50 mm-hmm. going forward. That's really what it comes down to. It's just it's like – similar to the Panthers backfield now is that what we're, that's what we're looking at but at least yeah. Aaron Jones they both it's yeah, you know what it's the Broncos too it's the Broncos it just it's yeah. a more pronounced their roles but it's a split where they're both RB2s yeah yeah that's and a- yeah uh, yeah I guess I haven't we can go ahead 
Go on. Nothing to say. <laughs> nothing else to say there. Okay. There's really not a whole lot on the Bears yeah. side of this. I guess Justin Fields, as we talked about earlier, can be in that stream discussion. He needs to keep running like he did against the Packers last night, 74 yards rushing in that game. If that's the brand of football he's bringing to the Bears for the rest of the season, then I think he's at least on the stream radar for the Lamar Jackson folks and maybe anyone else who's not feeling super confident in their quarterback position heading or, into the playoffs. Or, there's one, th- one thing from the Bears is they had 27 points heading into halftime and you know what the final score was Beller. they stayed yeah. on being one of the only three teams in the nfl who haven't scored 30 points yet this year jaguars bears and giants they were on their way to not be in that discussion the bears, are, hilar- the, the bears well, are hilarious what, i just can't just wait. imagine in a quarterback streamer would you start justin fields at home versus minnesota or tua at home versus the jets or jimmy g versus atlanta tua. this week tua. Go I'd, tua i'd go jimmy g but i don't have that i don't have that option I think you could argue thanks, that yeah. three different Th- ways. Thanks again, Faustin. I think, keep bringing I that think up. You... Keep bringing up the fact that I can go to two. <laughs> I do think you could argue that three different ways. And if uh, we weren't 57 minutes into this show, mm-hmm. we probably would argue it three different ways. But <laughs> we got to get on to a more important question. And I think I'm going to be stealing a little bit of Nando DeFino's thunder with this one because I know he loves, loves talking about Mike Davis. Falcons win 29-21. Oh can you make God. any sort of argument? I mean, we know no. what the – Jake, we are just talking about the running back position no. 20 minutes ago or so. No. Mike Davis had – 40-plus rushing yards, 40-plus receiving yards, touched the ball 16 times. I, I mean, like, there's got to be someone who can maybe use Mike Davis this week. No, because if you can, you didn't make your playoffs. Like, if, <laughs> yeah. if, if Mike Davis was an option, you didn't make it. You were you, you were playing the toilet bowl. Enjoy the toilet bowl, and then you can use Mike Davis. You still you barely had over fifty percent of the snaps still yesterday. No, yeah. Uh, enjoy your RB three. That's that's what you're getting. <laughs> I mean, yeah. he... Mike Davis burned fantasy bridges long, long time ago. It's, he did. I mean, you know, look at 80 yards from scrimmage is not going to get you back in, in our good graces. So well, I it's, you, guys, you mentioned the game there somewhere. There is somewhere where Mike Davis was dropped as he should have been. And now someone uh, had, I don't know, CMC here, earlier here. this season. And they Mike came, Davis they or Deontay Foreman in week 15. Deontay Foreman. Okay, so that, that, that's how far – I mean, Deontay Foreman's <laughs> only in the RB3 conversation, but, you know, Mike Davis is in San Francisco. Mike Davis or Amir Abdullah and Chuba Hubbard against Buffalo. Would you go Mike uh, Davis there? Hubbard, Davis, Abdullah. Uh, but see, that's, and I think that's the conversation. He's an RB3. Yeah. So, so, uh, there is going to be someone who feels good about their fantasy matchup <laughs> no, who is no. starting Mike Davis this week. <laughs> <laughs> no, they don't, because they're going to put Mike Davis in their lineup. And I wouldn't want to do it. I wouldn't want to be in that position. But there, <laughs> but like it's it's worth talking about. Not everyone's going to be trotting out. You know, not everyone got Aaron Jones and and Jonathan Taylor at the one two turn in their league. Well, or Najee Harris and Jonathan Taylor. Or it's Najee, a Mike Davis or, or revenge Austin game. And Najee Harris. It's a revenge like, game for Mike Davis too. It's going to <laughs> oh, San God, Francisco. Yeah, this is, yeah. <laughs> this, was, this was a revenge game for Mike Davis against the Panthers. Mm-hmm. Don't forget about that. Just right. wait till the Falcons and Bears play each other. He gets another revenge game in that one. <laughs> one more game. One more game, guys. Titans and Jaguars. Can we just can we do it now? Can we just get rid of Urban Meyer? He's uh, trying. An embarrassment, an embarrassment on the field, an embarrassment off the field. Just get rid of this clown. Uh, yeah. I mean, the, player, the players would vote for that, I think. And, um, I, you know, I had, a, I had a, you know, my thought was that they would just basically potentially quit on this team. Um, and Looked like the they op- did. Yeah, the offense scored zero points, so you can argue that that was the case <laughs> for sure. Four but, picks for Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, that's the thing. Is he is he bad, or is this 
I mean, what's 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 I mean, well, this, no, is, this, Urban this is as this is as textbook of an incomplete grade as we could have for a guy after two of those passes. Two of those were not Trevor Lawrence, and yeah. I mean, you can just go look at it. He is one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh for most on target throws in week fourteen. He is actually inside the top ten since week eight in on target throws. It's not all like. This team is where it is because of the offensive line, because of the weapons, because mm-hmm. of Urban Meyer and what it comes down to. He is ruining this. And the handshake afterwards is the epitome of like what I he, mean, actually, that was – what a everything. baby. What a baby. What yeah. a, I mean – Did you see a, the clip of him when he was asked about the offensive line? I did. I mean, I saw it into a gift. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just what a, what a clown this guy He's is. Gone. Get him out. He's gone. Get him out of the yeah. league. And right? I, I'm, I'm still in on Trevor Lawrence, by the way. I, yeah. I don't, Same oh, here. He should be. Everybody should yeah. be. There's I'm in a dynasty else. league where somebody. Uh, sorry, I'm in a no, dynasty league. Somebody put him on the trade block. If somebody's doing that in your league, go get Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> yeah. He is. Think about it this way: Look at the draft class coming up in the quarterbacks, and if you're in a league with quarterback, mm-hmm. you know, obviously Trevor Lawrence would be the one-one in the draft next yeah. year. So to go Without trade for him, question. people are floating him out there. Without even thinking twice, he would be the one-one. Yeah. I mean, right? And like, no team would think about that. Maybe the, the if the Chiefs had the first pick in the draft, they would just trade it for a, a haul. <laughs> Because he is so obviously the one one in this uh, draft in a news. theoretical world where he is. Oh, oh yes, we got breaking news from my from my oh. new friend Siciliano. Uh, oh, Kareem yeah. Hunt, Kareem Hunt, unlikely for Saturday. Mm. There you go. Don't Dearness forget Johnson? Saturday games. Dearness Johnson. Yeah. Question mark. Dearness Johnson against the Raiders. Sure. Dearness Dearness yeah. Johnson or Dante Foreman. I mean, I feel like I mean, actually Johnson. now we really have, now we really have to call Johnson. Nando with a question like that. Yeah, we have to get and him on Mike the phone. Davis, and put him home right, to the Raiders. Him to those three, he might. <laughs> home do the to Vince a team McMahon that just came out of forty-eight in a garbage time romp to Derek Gore. Yeah, I can get yeah. behind Dearness Johnson. Uh, all right, guys. One more thing. I, so I don't want to leave the Titans and Jaguars game just yet because obviously we're gonna you know sit here and, and talk about the Jaguars after what a horrible performance and I mean just the complete botching of James Robinson that has been uh, the state of the Jaguars this season. But like, let's not overlook what a yuck and a yikes this was from the Titans in this game. I mean, they did not look all that good. They won this game twenty to nothing, but that was a bad offensive game from them again. And with Julio Jones back, like. I mean, is there anyone? Is there anyone that you're jazzed about starting from this team next week? Anyone? I think the the game script. You know, they ran 34 times. They were Jacksonville wasn't a threat to they, score. They, they didn't do anything with those. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, this is not a good team. I said this before. Julio Jones being back gives them some some juice, but it's his first game back in a long time, and they didn't need to throw the ball a ton. I think we could probably see something better from Julio Jones if they're playing a more threatening opponent where they have to push the push the things a little bit. But the backfield, look, we like Deontay Foreman and Dontrell Hillard as RB3s, sort of. but they're really <laughs> replacement-level running backs. And I was yeah. saying this. This is not that good of a team on offense at all without, you know, without Derrick Henry and A.J. Brown and for many weeks Julio Jones. So, I, you know, I'm going to still be interested in Julio, um, you know, as long, when he's healthy. What? But Brandon, running backs don't matter. <laughs> yeah, right. There's a point. To to a point, uh, they don't matter. But yeah, they matter a yeah. little bit. They matter just just a little bit, just a little bit. I always remember, um, yeah, uh, last year talking with Emery Hunt, our uh, our good pal Emery Hunt on this show, and uh, him saying, uh, obviously, Emery's never going to grant that ridiculous premise that running backs don't matter. But he said, even if even if that's what you want to argue, great players matter, regardless of what position they there play. There you go. 
And, yeah. and there's plenty of great players at the running back position. Derrick Henry's one of them, and we have all seen hey, what has happened you know to what? this offense. Where look, it went from to where Osborne, it is now. Look what Osborne just did. Why receivers don't matter? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Right? It's as, as simple as that. As simple as there you go. He's Nobody like, matters. Would just anyone would anyone have would we would you have blinked an eye at a three uh, three eighty three and a touchdown, Adam Thielen sort of line. Of course not. Nope. There you go. Nope. Of course, boom. Nobody matters. Wide receivers, fungible. The most fungible <laughs> position there is. Wide receiver. You can make that argument uh, about just about anything if you want to. Uh, that's going to be it. We, we've gone long enough here on this show. We're going to wrap things up on the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. Thanks to all you for listening and those of you on YouTube for watching with us. For Jake and Brandon, I'm Michael Beller. Back with you tomorrow. Talk to you soon. Good luck if you still need something for you going right on Monday Night Football. We certainly hope you get in the back with us all week long here on the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. See you.